Om Namo Narayanaya. We are continuing the chapter on of living like a wife. This is about courtesans. Please keep that in mind. When the man sets out on a journey, she should make him swear that he will return quickly, and in his absence should put aside her vows of worshipping the deity, and should wear no ornaments except those that are lucky. If the time fixed for his return has passed, she should endeavor to ascertain the real time of his return from omens, from the reports of the people, and from the positions of the planet, the moon, and the stars. On occasions of amusement and of auspicious dreams, she should say, let me be soon united to him. If, moreover, she feels melancholy or sees any auspicious omen, she should perform some rite to appease the deity. When the man does return from home, she should worship the god Kama and offer oblig oblations to other deities. And having caused a pot filled with water to be brought by her friends, she should perform the worship in honor of the crow who eats the offerings which we make to the manes of deceased relatives. After the first visit is over, she should ask her lover also to perform certain rites, and this he will do if he is sufficiently attached to her. Now a man is said to be sufficiently attached to a woman when his love is disinterested, when he has the same object in view as his beloved one, when he is quite free from any suspicion on her account, and when he is indifferent to money with regard to her. Such is the manner of a courtesan living with a man like a wife, and set forth here for the sacred guidance from the rules of the Taka. What is not laid down here should be practiced according to the custom of the people and the nature of each individual man. There are also two verses on the subject as follows. The extent of the love of women is not known, even to those who are the objects of their affection, on account of its subtlety and on account of the avarice and natural intelligence of womankind. Women are hardly ever known in their true light. Though they may love men, or become indifferent towards them, may give them delight, or abandon them, or may extract from them all the wealth that they may possess. Thus ends this chapter. I, I, there was a quote here I've actually read elsewhere in this book, and it strikes me kind of interesting. So at the beginning it said, if he's absent, she should put aside her vows of worshipping the deity. Um, that strikes me as rather strange, because... In everything I read, and I, I follow the path, the Vaishnava path. Um, at one point, I followed a little bit of everything, you know, this God, that God, whatever. But as I, I've gotten deeper and deeper into things, I focus more and more. And the Vaishnava path is, for me, the one that just works. It has, it's logical, it's rational, and it, it just works and it appeals to me. Um, I've been criticized, well, you don't worship, like, every God and all this. But I'm like, no, I just, I, I can't. Um, because it starts to feel illogical, and I'm very much a rational person. So I'm following the Vaishnava path, and as anyone will know, our thing is bhakti, devotion. That is that is the essence of our the path, you know, devotion. So when this says that she should not be worshipping the deities because he's away. And he could be away for a day or months, given the transportation of the time. That is so weird to me. Because that means, well, she's not going to worship God, but yet I'm reading Swami Prabhupada or whoever um, who is saying you should always be worshipping the deity. It should be, you know, your your bhakti, your, your, your love, your devotion is always there. You're surrounded by it. It is never not far from you, but yet you're not to worship the deity in this sense. 
it's a contradiction to me that I don't quite get. It makes my mind thing wobble. And it keeps coming back to the thing of that this book does not reflect the spiritual teachings that I have learned in other books. And that bothers me. I read books that don't reflect my spiritual teachings. I read stuff that's Shakti-oriented or Shiva-oriented. I was actually taking a course for a while that was all focused on Shiva, and it just, I, just made me feel really weird. But it still was spiritual. It still was promoting spirituality. This, yeah, I, yeah, no, I just, it's really weird. <laughs> it's just so strange to me. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's such a weird, unspiritual text. I'd almost rather do that that study again, uh, focused on Shiva, even though I'm a devotee of Krishna, than, than to, you know, try to follow this text. It's just so weird. Anyways, having said that, you may see my little picture of dancing Shiva. Sorry. My apologies. Ganesha, down here. His, his face and Krishna, and they, they float here and there in the house. So that being said, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Om Namo Ganeshaya Nath.